2: Joe Burrow launches his foundation. Plus, we answer your questions in a rare in-season mailbag.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisco. He's your host James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate every single one of you who subscribe, who engage with the Twitter account and the week, uh, the week mailbag we got going on right now, the midweek mailbag, I should say, and who subscribe on YouTube. All those good things and especially those of you who make us your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. And James, before we dive into the mailbag, Joe Burrow has launched the Joe Burrow Foundation. And when Joe Burrow moves, we talk about it. This is in line with the efforts Joe Burrow has made in terms of trying to make a positive impact on the world, going back to his Heisman speech and probably even things before that that we're not aware of. But the Joe Burrow Foundation will be focused on Ohio and Louisiana. And the mission statement to do good is, is focused on helping children with mental illnesses and helping those experiencing food insecurity. So very in line with the food insecurity topic that we've heard joe burrow talk about before and the mental illness coming from his mom's experience working in schools
0: yeah i think both do really and this is awesome you know the fact that robin burrow a teacher which is one of the thank most thankless professions on the planet certainly in america and so she's got a first-hand look at things and clearly joe paid attention clearly joe growing up um you know did, was doing all the right things but was also listening and and uh it, it's awesome to see someone that deals with the pressure that he's dealing with as a third year quarterback the expectations that he's dealing with now following that super bowl run i mean expectations are as high for this bengal's team as they've ever been ever for a bengal's team to be quite honest may, may, i i actually think that that's accurate so like a Joe Burrow pass, huh? Um, so the fact that he was able to do that and, and, and deal with all that and tell all of us to relax. And behind the scenes, he's, he's launching this foundation that's backed by all of these different chair members that are, you know, in the corporate world and, and are going to be able to help and, and get things going. And one, you already know it's going to be a huge, smashing success. Two, there aren't many young people I mean, think about Joe Burrow is 25 and I know like for a third year quarterback, that's kind of Joe Burrow is 25 years old. And so for him to do this, it's just, it's awesome. And I know it's going to impact so many people. And so, yeah, you're right. When Joe Burrow does things, we, uh, we lead with it. We talk about it and I'm excited to talk about this one because the football part, there's ups, there's downs, all of those things There aren't going to be many downs with this. It's going to be all ups, and it's going to help a lot of people. And I know Bengals fans are already donating at JoeBurrow.org For those wondering, it's pretty easy. We we uh, we navigated the site before we started recording, and uh, it's a pretty cool site. There's a video with Jimmy and Robin Burrow there as well. So, look, Joe Burrow's doing good. Guess what? We want to do good. So of course we're going to uh, give him love anytime we can when it comes to that foundation, the Joe Burrow Foundation
2: yeah we have spread the word before when there have been cool foundation launches or big donation drives that we've seen spring up in the bengals fan community and like you said james fans donating a lot of folks doing nine dollars which for for number nine i think that's pretty cool and we, we've seen the outpour of support from bengals fans before so an opportunity to contribute to doing good here alongside the bengals quarterback the bengal starting quarterback that it's even going to hit locally and that's what's an added bonus for this for people who are in Ohio or LSU fans that are now Bengals fans that are just Joe Burrow fans you're you're hitting your own communities as well and I do think that's pretty important and seeing seeing the young man Joe Burrow making a positive impact hard to not be impressed with the way that he does this sort of thing
0: and and the fact that it's and, and we need to see it, of course, but just looking at it, this isn't just a, a site that was thrown together. This was something that was very calculated. Yeah. Uh, I know that the the Bengals um, were aware of it, all of those things. Obviously, they were the ones that announced it uh, along with Burrow at, at 10 a.m. On, uh, on Tuesday. And uh, look, it's awesome. And when... The face of the franchise, the guy that changed the trajectory of the franchise, the, the guy that's completely uh, breathed life, literally and figuratively, however you want to say it, into an organization that was kind of walking in place is uh, is insane. And so the the fact that he was able to do that and has been able to do that and now he's going to have a an even bigger impact on the community, it, it's awesome to see. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what what good they do. And I'm also excited to talk with Joe about it on wednesday because he's going to talk and you better believe that he's probably going to have a a good quote or two in there about his foundation
2: yeah i'm sure he'll be asked about it and it's nice to cover some of the do-gooder stuff going on with the team it's not all football it's a nice reminder these guys are humans they have passions outside of football in, in addition to the sport and in this case they've got a good one and they've got many good ones using his platform for good. James, let's sneak in a question real quick here before we dive into the mailbag in earnest. Our first question in this mailbag today is going to come from Michael Vinoy at Michael Vinoy six on Twitter. He wants to know if the Bengals should take the ball first when they win the coin toss from here on out as their two (laughs) wins have come in consecutive games when they've received the opening kick.
0: It's easy to say yes. And of course, I'm all about being aggressive and trying to get a lead. And it's a great decision to take the ball when you go score. Mm-hmm. It's also about as deflating as deflating can get if you're at m Bank Stadium and the crowd is going wild and you got you know purple and black and, and, and all the Ravens colors in the stands and it's going crazy and Joe Burrow comes out and the offense goes three and out. And you look across, and there's number eight walking onto the field. Just like that, boom! Advantage flips. Mm-hmm. So it's it's real easy for me to say, yeah, hell yeah, take the ball and go and throw it deep to chase. And if T. Higgins is singled up and go score, I I also understand why you defer, and a lot of teams defer, and I would expect the Bengals to defer on Sunday against Lamar Jackson against that uh, powerful offense because one, they believe in their defense. And that's part of it. Do you defer when you believe in your defense? Yeah, that's part of it. And the other part is is if you can double dip and get uh, some points at the end of the half, get the ball back to start the third quarter without Lamar Jackson seeing the field, You know, sign me up for that. That could completely swing a game. So I understand the strategy, and I think they'll get back to that on Sunday if they win the coin toss.
2: I think deferring generally is more strategically advantageous than receiving the opening kick. You're right, James, when you can go down there and score, it's great, but you saw it against Miami. Miami scores going into the half, gets the ball coming out of the half, and suddenly there's a swing. And so the Bengals last year, you're very familiar with this, if you've been a fan of the team for more than their Super Bowl run, were great in and out of the half they, they would score often going into the half. They were really good on that first drive in the third quarter. And to further to your further point, James, a confidence in the defense. I think that's well-founded Ben Baldwin today, putting out his defensive success rate through week four, the Bengals are the best defense in the league at preventing first downs touchdowns or first downs coming on only 62% of first down series. For this team, that is generally the definition of success rate. They're preventing first downs very well. And so when you have a team like that who can get off the field and they've gotten off the field this year, they're not giving up touchdowns very often. They're keeping teams out of the end zone. When you can do that, it makes sense. And, and you also saw the, the pitfalls of turning it over. On your first drive, the Bengals throwing a pick six on their first drive, uh, uh, you know, against against the Steelers and you see Tampa Bay turning it over on their first drive that can turn into a bit of a nightmare more to get into in this mailbag. James, you've got a bunch of great questions today from our treasured listeners. We'll continue that coming up next.
0: But first, a word from LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster so you can hire the best staff possible, especially this fall. And I get it. The holidays are coming up. You're going to need some extra help. Well, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. And they have simple tools, screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills, the right experience to make right hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is here to help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn every single week. That's 40 million. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: James, did you know that Baltimore has the number one offense in the NFL by weighted DVOA? Actually, it's not weighted yet. By DVOA. So.
1: I didn't know that
2: for the Bengals' yeah. offense this week. Going into the week, Miami, and even after week four, Miami number two in DVO. And I know they lost to, uh and that matters, but the Bengals' defense stood up to that task, so excited to see how they do against Baltimore.
0: Yeah, this, this is a different one. This is a different animal, different task. That animal is Lamar Jackson. And there's so many people. He, he's probably the most polarizing player in the league because people either want to crown him, you know, the the best quarterback ever or people want to rip him and say he's not going to last. And yet when I watch, he's making big plays. And it might not be traditional, but he's making big plays. And you're right. The Ravens averaging. By the way, what's my number for offense, for elite offense? It's points, baby. I look at 30. Can you get the 30? The Ravens are right there. They're not exactly there, but they're right there. So, um, yeah, they've been, they've been really good offensively, despite not having great weapons. Right? They, they got the one of the best weapons in Lamar Jackson in the NFL. So it's yeah. uh, it's going to be an interesting test. And we'll dive into the, the minutia of this. I think Akeem Davis Gather. Remember we talked a couple years ago when he was drafted. I think he's played pretty well the past couple of weeks. I wonder, wonder if he could help out in the, gonna, the Lamar stopping range of things.
2: Yeah, there's a lot to talk about when it comes yeah. to stopping Lamar. It, it's not just one player. It's never just one player. It's a discipline of the defense, I think, is a big part of this. So This actually ties in great with the next question we'll take. This is from Andrea Lenz, at Swiss Baller on Twitter. What makes the defense so good right now? Is it lose game plan? Is it the talent of the players? Is it a mixture of both? And I'm going to throw in another caveat here. Is it the quality of the offenses and the quarterbacks that Bengals <laughs> have played, James? It's all of it,
0: right? It, it, it is. in the the saying the truth is somewhere in the middle. How good is the Bengals' defense versus... The offenses they've played well. I don't think they've played great offenses. And you look at those quarterbacks, and I don't think that's really much of a take, especially because Tua didn't play, you know, for the majority of that game, and and so. With that said, this Bengals defense, pre-Reader injury, there weren't many weaknesses. There were things that you'd say, ah, depth-wise, it'd be nice to have another pass rusher. It'd be nice to get a little more heat. or But there's no big, like, glaring, oh, my God, what are they going to do at this spot? Now there is a bit because you're missing your best player on defense in my eyes. But still, there's no, oh, my goodness, the, the Bengals are going to attack, you know, our opposing teams are going to attack who? Eli Apple? Good luck. Mm-hmm. He's playing great. You, well, you know, are you are – you, are you, are you, for Eli Apple, he's not playing like a pro Bowl corner, but he's playing like a great uh, he's playing a well solid enough. a solid number two corner. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're doing that, and that's the weak link of your secondary, think about that. What we're talking about what what is he in the pecking order? He's behind both safeties, both corners, both linebackers and, and so if we're if we're talking about the eighth guy on your defense, you know in in your back seven. All right, or your seventh, the seventh guy on your back seven. You feel good about it. Yeah, I know that was funny, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? Is yeah, we focus on Eli Apple. He's been pretty good. He got beat we haven't by talked who? Talked about him this year, Noah Brown. He got beat by Noah Brown. Guess what? Noah Brown's made catches every week for the Cowboys since then. It's not just Eli. He's 85 for the Cowboys. Has played pretty well. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's part of it. There's no clear weakness, and they're really good in a lot of areas, even without Reader. And so I, I expect them to to be solid this week again. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were against Miami. I You know, holding a team like the Ravens to just one touchdown, I, I think that's, especially on the road, that that's not realistic.
2: Yeah, we'll see what's going on with Rashad Bateman. I think that's a huge deal for the Ravens offense. I don't think there's necessarily a reason to expect him to miss the game, but – if he can't go, I think that that does matter a lot. Then you're back to worse than last year's weapons for Lamar Jackson when this offense did at times have a hard time getting things going. Um, now, for, for Lou Anarumo's defense, there are a couple things that I think are worth highlighting. One, they're, they're not blitzing a ton, but this was pointed out, uh, I think Bengals, Bengals Sands, Mike, pointed out this, uh, this graph on Twitter. When they are blitzing, the Bengals are getting home. With pressure so well-timed blitzes picking strategic spots to do it and getting great pressure when they do so and you've seen this being Mike Hilton you've seen this be Akeem Davis Gaither at times you've seen this be just creepers where they're dropping Trey Hendrickson into coverage or Sam Hubbard into coverage and getting a matchup that they want by blitzing or or rushing somebody from the other side I, I think that that part of the design of the defense has been really good this year I think that Generally speaking, between Lou Anarumo and the way that he's coaching this defense and the way they're playing, they're playing very disciplined football right now, especially in the back seven. And that goes to, to what you're talking about, James, where you look at the players and there's no glaring weakness necessarily, although I, I think the pass rush does leave something to be desired, especially on the interior. But they're, they're still getting the job done. They're still getting pressure. They're taking advantage. More in the last two weeks and the first couple of weeks of the season of some of those matchups, Sam Hubbard bullying a subpar right tackle for the Dolphins last week, Trey Hendrickson getting some wins and, and being disruptive against one of the best left tackles in the league in Terran Armstead. So you're seeing a complete effort of a defense that top to bottom is is solid, if not better than solid. Having Chidobe Abouzier as a corner, I think, gives the Bengals a lot of confidence to do a lot of creative things elsewhere. I think the same for their safeties where you just have these guys that are smart, that are disciplined, that have great film study habits and allows you to incorporate a relatively complex and amorphous defense because they're so familiar with it. And I think it's really well coached. And so I have a lot of praise for the way this defense is run, the way this defense is coached. And, and like I said, I think that this discipline matters a lot. When you talk about Lamar Jackson, you go back to the Miami game, there's a few plays where the pass rush does a poor job of containing Teddy Bridgewater. They're not really worried about containing Teddy Bridgewater, like his threat to run, his escapability, his uh, second reaction playmaking is not something that you game plan for or necessarily worry about. But you need to do a much better job of that against Lamar Jackson, certainly. And so that'll be something to watch this week with how the pass rush attacks Baltimore.
0: I will not debate you there. Lamar Jackson, faster than Teddy Bridgewater. More hot dynamic tic. than Teddy Bridgewater. Where, where's your you hot take chain? Don't need the chain for that, bad boy. <laughs> you don't need the Schultz and Sons take chain for that one. Um, real quick, let's get to Spartan at Nobody Spartan. What's up with the two spots on the 53 man roster? I haven't seen the Bengals sign anyone. They could use a, the next few weeks to kick the tires on some other teams' practice squad players.
2: Jake, your thoughts? Yeah, where's where's that speedy receiver? talked about for for Mm -hmm. how long what about that defensive Mm -hmm. line i mean there's guys out there right Mm -hmm. uh these will probably be for players coming off of injured reserve i don't know if they will necessarily fill them this week i would have thought that we would have seen that by now but we could see some guys getting activated off of injured reserve this week yeah i think that is possible
0: yeah i I think cam taylor Britt. keep an eye on him I think Joe is getting close we'll see and I think we'll find out Wednesday uh, another one Tyson Anderson he looks good to me so we'll see I mean and the other part of this is are you going to use them or when are you going to use them all of those things and so yeah. um yeah I agree with you I think we would have if it was an outside candidate I think we would have found out by now maybe I'm wrong Right. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is at Paycourt Stadium right now. I just don't think that that's realistic. And I don't think that's likely, even though he did visit the Giants, which was really weird. Odell Beckham Jr., huh? Uh, It it it. was a joke. I picked the biggest name out there. Is there a bigger name? No.
2: Okay. I mean, Uh, not to my
0: knowledge. I could say Terrell Owens if you want, or,
2: you know, Chad Johnson was at Paycourt last week. You do think those guys can still play in the NFL? More questions in our week or midweek, I should say, mailbag coming up next.
0: They probably still can't play in the NFL. And if you want to wager on the NFL, speaking of that, you got to get the bet online because bet online is your number one source for all things football betting, whether it is college football, whether it is the NFL, whether it is the Bengals winning the AFC North. Maybe you want a future bet on them winning it all this year. Joe Burrow for MVP. Is he getting back to it after back-to-back games without a turnover? six touchdowns the past two games you never know joey b looking more like himself right now regardless of what you want to wager on you should go to bet online right now sign up for free and whether it's college football the nfl major league baseball mma boxing golf they got you covered at bet online you can sign up for free today at bet online where the game starts
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: James, our next question in the mailbag is big. Big? Big. Big question from the Magic Man at ThoughtsBengals on Twitter. Who... Can eat more chicken wings. Flats or drums? For me, flats. I prefer flats. Of course you do. Of course you do.
0: We're perfect. We can order them. We don't have to specify. I'll eat the drums. You eat the flats. Bone-in or boneless?
2: I'll eat bone-in. I'll eat either. I don't care. I like chicken. I'll eat bone-in wings for sure. I love bone-in wings.
0: I don't care. I don't really get the debate. Like People get so mad like boneless or tenders. Yeah, whatever. They're chicken and they taste good.
2: Like it's still chicken. Yeah. It's still tasty chicken. I I don't care.
0: Yeah. So I agree with you. I'm indifferent there. Uh, I was asking all of these questions. I don't really know why it doesn't matter. I think we just have to have a wing contest. So if anybody wants to sponsor the locked on Bengals wing contest, when Jake comes to town next, we'll do it and we'll live stream it. And we'll see who can eat more wings because I think I'm going to say me and you're probably going to say you. And so it's kind of silly if we just sit here and debate Mm-hmm. When we could actually have the contest, so someone locally, hopefully, should sponsor it, and, uh, and, and and who knows, maybe we'll make that work.
2: I would also be down for some sort of chili eating festivities. I, I'm still shocked we don't have
0: a local chili sponsor to be yeah. honest. And I'm not trying to toot our own horn or anything. <laughs> I would love, I would love to promote some Cincinnati-style chili regularly,
2: regularly. I make, I make it regularly uh, at home. I'm mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to yeah. talk about the intricacies. Let's get back to football questions. James, who day mailman at who day mailman would like to know, does T Higgins finish with better stats this season than Jamar chase?
0: Dump, dump, dum. no, 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 no. Everyone's on the T train and I get it. Cause T's a freak. He's a freak. I try to tell everybody at camp that the dude looked a little different this year than even last year. I mean, he's freakish. The, the touchdown that was a touchdown that didn't count as a touchdown against the Jets is one of the freakiest plays ever. And, and the more you look at different angles and stuff, no, I, I don't think he does. And I don't think he does because – and maybe he does. Maybe NFL defenses are just idiots. But at some point, you're going to say, okay, all right, T, calm down a little bit. And, and the Bengals are going to try to get Jamar touches And as good as T is Jamar is more versatile. Uh, You know, they're going to find ways to get him the ball and pepper in the ball in other ways. So I think it's going to be close. I think both guys are going to crush the thousand yard mark. I think both guys are going to crush the, how high do I want to go here? 1200 yard mark, 1300 yard mark. They're going to be talked about nationally as arguably the best duo in the NFL. They might be the best duo in the NFL, but I think Chase and I mean, Chase could go for 300 on Sunday. He's different, dude. (laughs) Like the, what he did against the chiefs, like Jamar doesn't need much. Like he had some, some not super productive, unproductive games uh, is the word I was looking for. Unproductive games last year. And he still finished with 1,455 yards last week felt bad. And he still had 80 plus yards. I'm yeah. I think he's going to be fine. And again, it has nothing to do with T. T's going to be fine too.
2: Here's something fun for you, James. In games Uh that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase have played together. Here we go. 2021-2022. This is a tweet from Dwayne McFarland, so I'm going to give him credit here. 160 targets for T. Higgins. 144 targets for Jamar Chase in that time. When they're both on the field. 109 receptions for T. Higgins. 95 receptions for Jamar Chase in that time. Hmm. 1,675 yards for T. Higgins. 1,574 yards for Jamar Chase. So far, T. Higgins wins every single category. 10 touchdowns each. So so no separation there. So far this year, Jamar Chase, 41 targets to T. Higgins, 28 targets. Mm -hmm. And I know T. has missed half a game. But... Um, And that's when Jamar was
0: peppered with, peppered with targets too. A a
2: lot more opportunity for chase, but until the Bengals figure out how to get chase loose downfield and T. Higgins is the beneficiary of those, right? Right now on an average per catch basis, Tyler Boyd has more yards per catch than Jamar chase. In what world does that make any sense? Right. When you look at the way these guys play and where their targets come, I know Mm -hmm. Tyler Boyd caught a bomb last week. T. Higgins, obviously, more, more yards per catch than Jamar Chase because he has more, more yards, 315 to 293, despite Jamar having five more catches. So season young. All I'm saying is, and, and I do expect Jamar Chase to get going, is that T. Higgins is really good and can certainly push Jamar Chase in this category, especially if teams continue to devote these resources, their number one corner in all these brackets on Jamar Chase's side of the field.
0: Sure. Well, if they do that, then yeah. Yeah, because T, T will a,
2: punish you for it.
0: Because T's a number one as well. Yeah. And, and, and so that's my point. Our teams really going to be that? maybe, maybe they are. And then yeah, T will feast. But if you flipped it, Jamar would have Jamar would have embarrassed Xavier and Howard last week too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been to me, it would have been the same. And, and it's just pick your poison type thing. And that's the fun of it. Because when I look at these teams, right, that are like, oh yeah, we're Super Bowl contenders. So you, you, I'll talk about the, the Packers. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, guess what I don't care about? your stupid running backs. That ain't getting you to the Super Bowl. You know what it is? Burrow to Chase and Higgins in boy,
2: yeah, We saw it last
0: year. That's, that's, that's such a difference maker, right? Part of the reason why the Rams are struggling right now, no one's getting open besides Cooper Cup. Part of it's the offensive line, but guess what? They have no one else getting open. It's Cooper Cup, and no, I don't know what's up with Allen Robinson if they don't trust him or what. The point is, is the Bengals – yeah, they're two and two. The offense is a little slow and stuff. When you have one in 85 and nine throwing them the ball and then a guy in 83, that good luck if you're going to just ignore him and, and just pay attention to those other two guys. Someone's going to be open. I think it balances out by the end of the year. We'll see if it does.
2: I, right, just next- wanna, I just want to add on to that oh, real quick. Like, oh, you oh. put T. Higgins or Jamar Chase on Green Bay or on Buffalo even – and I know Buffalo has some weapons already. You put one of those guys on one of those two teams, and you, those offenses are completely different. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I just wanted to add on to your point about yeah, yeah, how yeah. good well, the weapons are.
0: Both of those guys, Chase and T, are number ones in Green Bay by about a thousand a yards. Mm-hmm. And then in Minnesota, or in excuse me, in Buffalo, of course, Stefan Diggs is a freak. But then it's a one-one-a situation again, right? Where they're exactly
2: both with with like that they are here. Right,
0: and so that's what the Bengals have, and so that's why their offensive output to this point has been a little underwhelming. It's also why pretty optimistic that they can get going um, and hit that thirty point mark, maybe for the first time this week in Baltimore. All right, one more uh, question here on the offense. Andrew Magoto, Magoto, Drew Magoto asks Cordell Volson what's the honest assessment of Cordell Wilson so far? Seems like some metrics say he's been solid while others say in general, he's been pretty underwhelming. What do you think?
2: I think he's been fine and I think he's going to play left guard for this team for a while. Yep. And I think there's a reason that Jackson Carmen has been inactive for Max Sharping lately. I, I mean, Jackson has to really turn his career around at this point, but uh Cordell Volson, I think, has solidified his left left guard. I know he has had some mistakes. There's some things that, you know, every week he, he's getting beat a couple times here or there. He, he's, you know, making some rookie mistakes, but he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. The the mistakes are not as frequent as we've seen from the guard positions on one side or the other in in recent years, I would say, depending on the player there. And you can very easily see the upside with Volson, the attitude he carries himself with, the discipline that he tries to to approach the game with, that that he brings to practice as he tries to improve his craft. I think there's a lot to like with Cordell, despite what PFF grading might say. He is a somewhat limited athlete. He is a rookie making a big leap from North Dakota State to the NFL. But uh, I think he's been solid for my rewatches of this offense, despite what PFF grading might tell you. And so, uh, you know, is he, is he Zach Martin out there? No, mm-hmm. but he's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's, he's good enough, I think. He's not my primary concern right now mm-hmm. on this offensive line. Maybe he will be in a few weeks, but he's not right now.
0: And that is awesome. Because coming into this year, it was oh my gosh, what are they going to do at left guard? And when they drafted Cordell Volson, let's be honest, all of us were like, North Dakota State. That that's it. That that's your the guy that's going to push Jackson Carmen. And it turns out everybody pushed Jackson Carmen right over and, and and got into the backfield. And so and that's why it opened up the door uh, for Cordell Volson in the first place. No, I, I think he's been solid in. in you know, there were some that asked about, I guess, uh, you know, Quentin Spain was around and that keeps coming up. That I'm telling you, it's Cordell Volson's job. It's, it's not Jackson Carmen's. He's not even in line for that now. And Mac Sharping has passed him, which was very, I think, pretty predictable when they claimed Sharping and, and won him on waivers and were awarded him. So look, I, I like what Volson's doing. Of course, he's going to make some mistakes. What rookie doesn't? Mm-hmm. What 24 year old doesn't? I think he's mature talking with him on and off the record. I think he gets it. I think he's one of those guys that you're going to look up. And in 2032, he's looking at a 10 plus year career and has just been in the league and and who knows if it's all in Cincinnati or not. But I just think he's going to be one of those dudes that understands it, carries himself the right way, does the right things. And he's going to be a starter for a long, long time starting with this year. I, I I'm not really worried about left guard. Is he going to be perfect? No. He's going to make mistakes on Sunday against the Ravens. I get that. I also think that uh, the Bengals see the potential. They'll take they'll let him take his lumps and he's going to continue to improve week in and week out.
2: Yeah, he's faced some really good competition to start the year. That continues this week, by the way. One of the better defensive interiors. Not necessarily like a terrifying Aaron Donald type, but Goliath Campbell, Justin Matabike with the Ravens have both been really good to start this season for the most part. So another fun test for him. And he, he does have improvement, room for improvement. You know, he he needs to cut down on some of the penalties. Three penalties in four games, you know. Gotta gotta, you know, figure out a couple of plays where you're really scratching your head. But I have not seen anything alarming from him. And I feel like, you know, comparing him to like Jackson Carmen last year, who was also struggling in his rookie year, I, we saw alarming things. Mm-hmm. I, I think a little bit too, too frequently there, and I, I'm not seeing them with Volson really the same way. Again, that can change. We, we're, we're only four games in. We'll see where things go. And, uh, you know, again, it's a fun test this week. Tomorrow, speaking of that fun test, we're going to get into our Crossover Thursday episode. We're going to be joined by Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens. Dive into this matchup as we transition our attention to week five and Ravens week number one, second primetime game in a row, which may have last happened in 2015, according to some Twitter birdies. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We appreciate you listening. day, and have a good one.